Alright, well good morning. It's great to be together this morning. Um, if you notice, I'm not wearing my customary jacket because I had a small river of uh, spit up, end up on it last week. And uh, so, didn't make it to the, uh, the cleaners to get it back in time, so we'll, uh, we'll get it there. No, no, it was, it was a small river. It wasn't just a trickle. Uh, so, why don't we go ahead and start off with a prayer really quick, amen? Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we pray that uh, your spirit be with us. Uh, we pray that our hearts and minds can be focused on your word this morning. Be, uh, be with me as, uh, let me just be an instrument of your spirit today. We thank you, Father, for all the ways that you have immensely blessed us and poured out your love on us. Father, I pray that uh, your word and, and really who you are, Jesus, can be made clear today. That it can impact our hearts, change our lives, and help us to be uh, really the people we want to be and, and the people we want to be for you, God. We love you. We give thanks to you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Well, the title of uh, this morning's sermon is The Narrow Focus of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I've been reading through this book on Jesus the same, and part of it is this is inspired by that. This morning I'll even read an excerpt from that. But, you know, people today are tired, they're exhausted from running the rat race and from missing out on life. Our lives are more full now of so many other things, it seems like, but we're missing out on life itself. You know, if we're not caught up in the rat race, we get caught up in the thousand and one appealing things that the world tells us we should be paying attention to. You know, we're more up to date on news and what's going around, on around the world than we are often with our friends and family these days. Um, you know, the number of people devoid of fulfillment and joy is, is statistically increasing. There's been studies on it. It's been increasing in the U.S., And I believe part of that is because of all of these things going on that we're losing sight of our values and the things we value most. Our attention gets spread so thin that many of us have just lost focus on the things that give us the most purpose in our own lives. Uh, I want to read this excerpt really quickly from this book that I've been reading. And so the following, it's an edited and paraphrased excerpt, um, but it's from Jesus the Same. And this book is composed of a series of sermons. It's broken up into chapters. And this, the, uh, the original sermons were preached in the early 1900s. The title of each chapter, or the title of this chapter that I'm, I'm reading from, is The Narrowness of Jesus. And the section of this is The Power of Focus. So not only was Jesus joyful, but he was mighty. He made an impression because he stayed in one place. And he hit the same nail on the head until it was driven completely in. Had he wandered over the earth, speaking his parables, they would have fallen into more ears and would have molded fewer hearts. By staying at Israel and keeping his heart close to a few chosen hearts, he became increasingly influential. So much so that the authorities were frightened, fearing that he might overturn the nation. The men who were nearest to him became so passionately in love with him that they were ready to die for him. He made himself thus mighty by limiting himself. 
It was by limiting and focusing himself that our Lord became a conqueror. He succeeded. But what is to succeed? It is to do the thing for which we were created. The most frustrating and galling of all experiences is the failure, failure to do what, that which we believe to be the most worthwhile. Jesus is tempted to do one thing only, and that was to perform the work which His Father had given Him to do. And at the end of His life, from the cross, He could look up at His Father's face and cry out, It is finished. I have finished the work which you gave me to do. Jesus' life on earth covered only 33 brief years. And yet he did the greatest piece of work ever accomplished on earth. It's wonderful, and it is a wonderful and a stupendous task of what can be accomplished in a little bit of time if a person is willing to focus. You know, we think about this idea of who was Jesus. What did he come to do? And he came to do a lot of things. But his identity was based in the kingdom of God as the king, right? He knew it, he knew his role, and he diligently lived out his purpose on earth with a narrow focus on his goals of bringing the kingdom of God to earth and once again uniting humanity and God together. You know, why did he do this, though, I think is a question we have to ask. You know, when we look at our goals, goals are good things, but we have to establish why we, why we want those to be our goals. What are the things we value so deeply that we strive and we fight for it and we set goals in our own lives? You know, I believe that Jesus, His primary motivating goal goes back to He and God's relationship and His desire to be with us. You know, it's love that motivated God and Jesus. He does all of this because He and the Father love humanity and desire to be with us. This is the why behind all of it. And when and if we lose sight of this, we run the risk of losing sight of who God really is. I think we begin to worship a God of works rather than the God of love. But we've got to make sure that we understand the why of God and we see it. You know, we look at who Jesus was for the kingdom. He was the herald. He was the Lord. He was the forerunner. He's the front runner. He's the leader. He's the great evangelist. He's the creator, the founder, the king, and the keystone that holds it all together. But we think about what he came to do. And he does, he came to do a lot of different things. So I have three points for us today when we look at this. And when we think about how this love motivates God and Jesus' ability to focus on what's most important. See, because Him being able to focus enabled Jesus to live a beautiful and powerful life that's producing results to this day. And so the three points are this. Jesus lived a life of focus. Focusing requires prioritizing. And lastly, a life of focus. A focus. I got it. Focusing like Jesus 
Focus produces beautiful results. So point one, Jesus lived a focused life. Point two, it's focusing requires prioritizing. And point three, it's focus produces beautiful results. If you've got a Bible, turn over to Luke chapter 4. In Luke 4, verse 38 is where we're going to start off this morning. This is going to be our primary text, though you're going to get about 15 other scriptures that you're going to see up here on the slides in a minute. But in Luke 4, verse 38, it says this. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the house of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her, rebuked the fever, and it, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You're the Son of God! But he rebuked them. And he would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. Because that is why I was sent. And he came... And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So here we have Jesus. He's been traveling around. He's he's in this town called Capernaum. And he's been helping and healing. He's been teaching uh, and he's been preaching. People are beginning to hear about him. And they're starting to come to him from all over the place. Right? I mean, eventually large crowds begin to follow Jesus. And here he is in Capernaum. And, and these people realize that he's about to leave. They knew that he's, a, he's going to take off. And they're, they're coming to him going, no, no, stick around. Don't leave us. Stay with us. Stay with us. We want you here. And he goes, I, I have to go. I have other work I need to get taken care of. I was sent to preach about the good news of the kingdom of God. And, and he talks about what he came to do. And when I look at Jesus' life, He came to do a lot of things. See, He knew that His his message about the kingdom had to get out there and be preached. His life centered around this goal of bringing the kingdom to earth and reuniting humanity with God. And the why behind that, the thing, why He did it is because He values His relationship with you. Because He loves you. But Jesus did a whole lot of other things. I want to take a look at this table really quick. and get a... Awesome. See, these are a few of the things that Jesus came to do. Here's a bunch of different scriptures. If you look through it, if, if you consider what He says, this is a lot. And most of these are actually phrases of where Jesus Himself 
It says, I came to blank. But you look at it, what did He come to do? He came to fulfill prophecy. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to serve. He came to be our ransom. Right? He came to give the fullness of life to man. He came to do the Father's will. He came to bring judgment. He came to testify about the truth. He came to save sinners. He came to be like us. Which, that's a pretty big sacrifice as a whole. Right? Here's here's some of the ones that inspire me, though. He came to bring a fire. And in that same sentence, he says, and I came to bring division. He came to destroy Satan's work. He came to bring a sword. He came to preach the kingdom. And He came to be the king. Right? All of these are things that Jesus says He came to do. And to accomplish all these goals, you've got to have a whole lot of focus. Because these are some pretty big goals. I think the thing we can take away from it is that Jesus had to be a man of focus to accomplish these goals and to maintain what he valued the most. Because if you had a group of people, a big, if a crowd comes to you, a whole town's worth of people come, and, and you've got a mission, and they say, no, 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 stay with us, we want you to be here, it might be a little bit hard to leave. Right? If you've got people telling you they accept you, they want you, they see your value, we, we desire you to stay, that would be tempting, right? How many things pull us that, that seem like good things? Because these people really wanted Jesus. They really wanted Him there. How many good things pull on us to distract us from what we value? You know, I believe we need to strive also to live a life of focus the way that Jesus did. Because we can achieve some incredibly worthwhile things when we ourselves get focused. And so, that leads into point two, which is, Focus requires prioritizing. He's with me this morning. I've been working on this a lot. Uh, Personally, I'll I'll just share. I've become a really distracted person. Honestly. Uh, And I think it comes from a lot of different... uh, For a lot of different reasons. I think technology has not been helpful to me in a lot of ways. But... One of the things that I've realized is focus for me requires a lot of prioritizing. I've got to come back and I've got to think about what I want to do. In verse 43, you look at what Jesus says. He comes here and he goes, No, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also because that is why I was sent. In so many of these other passages, if you just study the life of Jesus, there are so many times he had the opportunity to get distracted. But he had to keep his priorities straight. And for us, for all Christians, you know, I think about what are our priorities? What are the things we're called to do? We're called to be the light of the world. But what that looks like for each of us is, I'm sure, a little bit different. Right? I can't paint it with a broad stroke. I can't tell you this is exactly what you should be doing because you're a different part of the body than I am. Right? So, so I'm not going to try to give you here are the X number of things that make your life just perfectly focused and here's what you need to focus on and and these should be your goals. That's not what I'm here to do today. Okay? But what I am here to do is go and and ask you, what do you value? 
Right? What are your values? The only one thing I will say that we should have as the primary thing aligns with Luke 10, verse 27. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Right? And love your neighbor as yourself. The law and the prophets, everything hinges on these commandments right here. That may be the only one that I would tell you, hey, Jesus commanded it, you got to have that one. Right? I put that out there for us. But, like I said, I can't paint with the broad brush and tell you all the things that you should be doing. But I can say this one should be a priority. Outside of that, I think we all have our own parts to play in Christianity. But I do believe that when we prioritize the things that are most valuable, God will make those to-dos clear. And what's cool to me is, one of the things I value most is that I value, and not saying other people don't, but I value really helping people become Christians. I really, I'm not doing what I feel like I'm made to do if I'm not actively trying to help people become disciples of Jesus. Like that's a deep-seated thing that I feel in me, that I'm neglecting a part of who I am. Now, maybe for you, God has made you to be the person that goes, I'm neglecting a part of who I am if I am just not nurturing people. Right? If I'm just not like serving and, and loving, like maybe that's, you're the part that's supposed to do that part of the work. And it doesn't mean, and that may be a part of how somebody becomes a disciple. There could be a number of other ways that you could have your most valued part of what God made you to do. But that takes time. It takes thinking. And as you clarify what you value most, God will make the to-dos a little bit more clear. So, to focus like Jesus means making value judgments. Jesus valued getting His message out more than He valued finding a place where He'd be accepted. Jesus valued focusing on spending most of His time with a few people rather than the masses. Jesus valued being close to God and doing the Father's will above all else, including His own life. You see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when He says, Father, not my will, but Your will be done. You guys hear what I'm saying? You know... For me, I've been really working on being more present uh, and less distracted from the things that are important to me. Uh, I've had to consider the things that I really value and whether or not my actions reflect those values. I've had, uh, recently I've deleted, I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I've read some really great books. I, I finished some biographies on Winston Churchill. Uh, I've, I've gone through like a number of uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer biography. I, I've done. A, uh, I finished all of Roots, which was awesome. I mean, I went through a lot of these, and I don't have a ton of time to like just read. But listening to something while I'm riding in the car or doing other things is pretty great. But what I found that I would do is I would put my headphones in, and I would be in my house, and my wife would be in the other room, and I would be listening to something, and or I'd be in the car riding, and she'd be sitting next to me. And I've had a headphone in, and she's just like, you're not here. Like, you're not with me. You know, I know you're here, but you're not present. And, and what I realized is, I've been hurting my wife again and again and again and again and again because of neglecting her. I've, I've realized that I would have an audiobook playing or something going on in my ears while I'm taking care of my son, and I'm not really present with him. 
And I've found that all sorts of different things, the way I've been distracted, that my heart and my mind have not been with and where I value most my time and my presence being. And so I've had to get focused. You know, I appreciate Ralph and Peter recently. They've been telling me, you need to be more thoughtful. You need to be more present. And what I've realized is the reason that I'm not is because I'm letting so many other things that I don't really value have my attention and take my focus. And that's just not what Jesus did. That's not what I see in Him. Can anybody else relate to me? To what I'm sharing? You know, I think it takes time. And so what I did is I've, I've, made a, I've had this list in my head. But I finally put it on paper. And one thing I know is just putting it down has really helped me to consider each one more carefully. And to go, to know the direction where I want my, my life to go, where I want my attention to go. So I'm going to share those with you. Is that alright? Now keep in mind, this is values, this is my list, this does not need to be your list, okay? Now maybe you'll think, oh, that's a pretty good one, I may take a few of those, amen. I am not telling you these have to be yours, though, okay? So these are mine. One, number one, my relationship and my walk with God. That's got to be my number one. Everything will flow better from that point on. Number two, can you guess what number two is? It's not. Actually. I thought about it. My number two has got to be care of my physical, mental, and emotional health. Why? Because I'm a better me for my number three and my number four. If I am the best me, I'm the best for her. And I'm the best for my son. Number three is my relationship with my, walk, uh, with my wife and caring for her well-being. Number four is my relationship with my son and caring for his well-being. If number two is not going well and I'm physically sick, if, if I'm emotionally not present, if I'm mentally unable to engage, how can I be there for them? Right? And so I've got to think about those things and taking care of that. Number five, keeping up with my family and my friends. Number six, helping other people become Christians or stay Christians. Number seven, I want to grow as an individual to be a better me. You know, I look at this list and what it's done is it's helped me really assess what I value to me. But I'd ask you, what are your values? What are the things that you hold to and the things you value? You know, it's not been easy, if I'm being totally honest, uh, to make some of the changes. Part of it is because, legitimately, um, I really believe I've developed almost a media-like technological addiction. And science is even showing that this is very, like, very true. It has a very realistic effect. I was reading through some statistics recently that was, I was like, this is terrifying stuff. Like, that it's actually, like, shrinking, the amount of media exposure actually shrinks and causes atrophy in your gray matter in your brain. Like it's, it's crazy, some of the stuff I've been reading. But I acknowledge that, and it's a challenge to fight against some of these things that, that have been pulling me away from the things I value most. So I have to ask myself the question, what do I value? How do the actions in my life prove that those are things I value? 
And focus requires saying no to things. Sometimes people that are trying to pull you away or distract you from your priorities. Are you guys... Is, are you okay with saying no? Because I think a lot of us, we don't get good at saying no. You know what I'm saying? We, we, get, we feel like we've got to appease everyone. But if we really get focused and we really prioritize, sometimes we're going to upset other people because you're going to tell them no. But I believe that once you get your priorities there, you're going to find that you're able to do a lot more of the things you want to do. See, focusing like Jesus means doing less and achieving more. If we were able to focus, what do I mean by that? If it doesn't help you achieve what you value the most, then don't do it. Don't do it. I'd be willing to bet a lot of us spend hours on a number of things that don't add to the value of our lives. Be real. How many of us play little... I've totally done it. I have my little games on my phone. And I have little games that I... I have video games that I played. And I'm finally getting to the point where I'm going... I'm playing... Why am I doing this? I'm like, why am I playing this? This adds no value to my life whatsoever. I want this like little trophy in the game that tells me that I accomplished this task because I'm like, I did it. Who cares? That adds zero value to my life. It really does. It adds zero value. But there's something in my brain that tells me, but I want the trophy. You know? Uh, I just do. And, and you got to know, designers know that that makes you want to keep playing. Right? But if it's not adding value to your life, if it doesn't fill one of your core values, then don't do it. It's just a distraction from the things that God has made you value, called you to value in your life. Right? To be your core, to be the best you that you are. Because once we get focused, powerful things are going to start happening in your life. And that leads to point three. Focus produces beautiful results. Right? Consider Jesus' life. He was a man who lived with intense focus. He made it through all of those things. He accomplished bringing heaven on earth by bringing the kingdom of God. To this day, you and I get to enjoy the results of that focused effort and work. The world has changed, has become a different place. Scholars, historians, nobody doubts that Jesus lived anymore, by the way. Everybody knows that. And so many have attributed some of the greatest changes in the world to this one life that was lived and the calling that he made to radically change the world. The results were powerful and they were beautiful and and it was fulfilling and amazing and they filled our lives still. But so many of us Still, I, I bet, in certain ways, we feel unfulfilled. And maybe there's parts of our lives we feel very fulfilled with. But I bet you there's parts of our lives we don't feel fulfilled with. Are you with me? You know, I would say when we are unfulfilled, it's because we're unfocused. We get divided, distracted, or spread too thin. 
Like butter scraped over a little too much bread. You know, we don't get to be the person that we most desire to be. Or accomplish the goals that we most want to achieve. Because we get distracted. We get pulled away and we let ourselves do things that don't really line up with what we value. Right? So, but Jesus was a man who was focused. What he valued most, and as I said, the results of his efforts are still available to all of us today. We all get an opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom. We all have the opportunity to go to heaven because of Jesus. Because of his focus and his intent. You know, I think of this idea of of creating something beautiful with focus, right? Spending some time on something. Can you go to the next slide for me? Most of us know what this is, right? Right? We know the guy who makes these, right? Now, I really, I left the house in focus this morning because I was going to bring my real one. (laughs) Amen? So we had to satisfy for a picture. But at least you can all see that one better. Pat makes these. And I remember well over a year ago when he was first working on this, he started telling me he had this idea of what he wanted to build. He wanted to make this marble spiral. He wanted to make these wooden toys that dealt with marbles. And in it, he was trying to describe to me what it would do. And and I was like, that sounds pretty simple. (laughs) And if you've talked to him much about it, he spent weeks trying to make one of these. Like he spent spent hours and hours and hours starting to to work and and craft this and, and get it to work. And he destroyed, I can't, I mean, I'm sure he probably couldn't even tell you how many. Just one after the other after the other. And what he kept having to do is building a new, what he calls, build a new jig. He had to build a, before he could build this, he had to figure out, how do I build something that's going to help me build what I want to build? And he had to just spend hours and time and revamping and trying again and again and again and again. And it takes hours of focus. You know, if you go down into his basement, and any of us who've ever been to his house, but in his basement, he has piles of sawdust now. Like giant trash bags full of sawdust. Uh, or also known as man glitter. And uh, so he's, he's in there, and but he just... Spends hours over these things, honing them, making them. And this is just one example of some of the things he crafts. Some of them are just incredible. If you ever get to see them or even play with them, because they are toys, though they're not often when he takes them to the craft show, which is where he's at right now. You know, when he goes to these things, from what I hear, the, the comment he gets most is not, these aren't toys, this is art. You know, and then Carolyn has to tell people, yeah, but your kids can still play with them. You know, they're not going to break them. They could, but they'd have to try pretty hard. They're pretty sturdy. I let James play with ours, and he's like banging it on stuff. I'm like, no, no, no. All right, it stuck together, amen. You know, but the thing is, is it took time and it took focus to make something beautiful. All of us are capable of making something beautiful. Right? But what will be your thing? And more than any item that you need to craft what is more beautiful than a life that's focused and deliberate in the things that you value most who, what, who's the most inspiring people that you can think of they're the people that are just 
focus on what they want. Right? They've been so successful because they get focused and they stayed there. Right? And so, I'd argue that there's very little than a beautiful life. A focused life is a powerful life. It's a beautiful life. It's an incredible one. It's one that has great impact. Because Jesus lived a life with great impact and great focus. I think He calls us, we can do it too. Let's follow His example. Let's stay the same way. And so I want to give you just a few practicals. Alright? I told you I wasn't going to give you any to do, so these aren't anything really crazy. Alright? Well, one I'd say is, have solitary time with God every day. Even in the, the scripture we look at, the scripture in Luke that we looked at, in verse 43, verse 42, Jesus went away to a solitary place. What do you think he was trying to do? He's trying to get time with God. He's trying to get time by himself. The most successful people today, what they'll tell you of what you need is you need some time alone every day to just meditate, clear your mind. Pray. You gotta spend some time focusing. These are non-Christians saying you gotta have this if you want to be successful. If you want to do well and be focused, you need some solitary time. What does that mean? It may mean you need to go sit in your car at your lunchtime, right? It may mean waking up a little bit earlier. It may mean get out of your house and go for a walk, right? In a few months, you're gonna have to dress some really warm clothes to do that, but. You know, we live in Vermont, so I assume you have some. But it, just get some time by yourself every single day. Make the time. Make it happen. You, even if you've got to drive home and sit in your car at your house for 15 minutes before you go inside, just get some time by yourself every day. Right? Clearly, here's number two. Clearly establish what you value most in order, if possible. Think about it. Number three, review them regularly and add to them occasionally. Why do I say add to them occasionally? Pick five or seven, somewhere between five and seven. Figure out how to get those really on point where you're living out the first five to seven that you really want and it takes time to get them. Once you get those, maybe add one or two more of the things that you really value most. And, and you'll find that you get more and more focused and more capable. Because as you do less, you'll achieve more. Create goals. So number four, create goals that reflect the things you value most. Create goals that reflect the things you value most. And then act on them. That's an important part of that one. And then act on them. Because we can make goals, and goals are awesome, but if you don't do anything with them, they're pretty much just worthless. It's another piece of paper. It's got stuff on it. Right? But act on them. Lastly, minimize or remove the things that compromise your ability to achieve your goals. Minimize or remove. It makes me think of Hebrews, right? He says, because we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... What's he say? He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
Perseverance is nothing more to me, it's more, but it's, it's not a lot more than just focused intent. But you've got to throw off everything that hinders, right? So in conclusion, you know, Jesus was a guy who lived a life of focus and intent, right? When we think about it. We know that living a life of focus requires that you prioritize the things you value. And focus creates a beautiful and powerful life. We can have a lasting effect like Jesus did when we live a focused life. Let's give the right attention to the right things. The things that deserve our time. The things that immensely bless our lives and let's immensely bless the lives of others. Research has shown that satisfaction goes up when you spend the time on the things you value most. Wow. Right? Let's not put them on the back burner. Let's live a life of value. Let's be focused on the things today that are going to reap rewards for lifetimes. And imagine what impact your life is going to have when you get focused on the things that matter like Jesus did. Amen.